It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. Just how good are the Philadelphia Eagles? After being dominated by the Buffalo Bills, is it Malik Willis time for the Titans? And who has the most hype at 2-0? And who is a pretender? Not really a contender. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. We see that every year, the trendy team coming into the season, everyone's picking them. Everyone says, oh, they're the sleeper. And then they fall on their face. Well, the Philadelphia Eagles says, I don't care about history. They are now 2-0. and They take down the Minnesota Vikings in an impressive Monday night performance, 24-7. to Joining me now from Locked on Eagles, Louis DiBiase. And Louis, I think... The big thing that stands out, the story of the night, is the defense the Philadelphia Eagles played on Kirk Cousins. Three interceptions. They held Justin Jefferson in check. Darius Slay was phenomenal in this game. A week after, he looked like the best player on offense in the league in week one against the Green Bay Packers. Again, we don't have to talk any more about than I've already said. How were they able to do it? Yeah, I think Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator, learned from his mistakes last week, saw the corners that he has this year, Darius Slay, James Bradbury, and Avante Maddox, and said, we're going to play cover one, we're going to play man-to-man coverage, and we're going to take out Justin Jefferson. That is exactly what happened. Kirk Cousins today was only one for five for seven yards, targeting Jefferson when Darius Slay was covering that wide receiver. One, two interceptions in the red zone. The Eagles have not had an elite tandem of cornerbacks like this in a decade plus Darius Slay totally took over that game and Peter you know it was 24-7 but the Vikings had three red zone trips in that second half they could have put themselves back into the game but those defensive backs really took over I think it was the man coverage the aggression that Gannon dialed up today was the key Jalen Hurts also has started what I think has to be considered an MVP Campaign right now, 333 yards, averages almost 11 yards an attempt, adds 57 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. He has been unbelievable. And this year, it's more than just being great in fantasy football, right? That was sort of the not coming into this season is, yeah, he puts up a lot of stats as a running quarterback in fantasy football, but in games, can he do it? Well, through two weeks, he's done it. He's checking all the boxes. The efficiency is there with the volume. Two games back-to-back where he's thrown over 30 times. Today goes 26 of 31 for 333 yards. Back-to-back weeks, he has a 50-plus yard completion. That 53-yard touchdown to Quez Watkins. He's checking all the boxes. And this was a good measuring stick game because this was against a good team a good defense that was daring him to throw from the pocket. They were bringing four the majority of the time, not blitzing him, and he made them pay. If they can pass the football like this, we know how any moment the Eagles can become that number one rushing offense. If Jalen Hurts can throw like that tonight throughout the season, this could be a Super Bowl contender, and like you said, could have a quarterback making the year three jump that 
Josh Allen made last year that could, you know, catapult himself into MVP status. It was the best night Jalen Hurts has had in his entire career throwing the football. Yeah, you mentioned that running game, 4.8 yards per carry in this one, even if the numbers don't jump off the page, 163 yards on 34 carries. What jumped out to me, four guys, four pass catchers had 69 yards or more. That's not just a nice number. That means spreading the ball around to a number of weapons. A.J. Brown leads the team in targets, five catches for that 69 yards. How has A.J. Brown changed this passing game? He's changed everything. When you look at last year, Jalen Hurts throwing the football, throwing over the middle was almost non-existent. When you see him lining up in the slot on the outside, his physicality, it has really done wonders for Jalen Hurts' development, and it's making everything easier for Dallas Goddard, who surpasses 80 yards today on the day. Devontae Smith also has 80 receiving yards. Quez Watkins, the deep bomb, that touchdown, two for 69 on the night. It's opening up so much for Hurts. And these other weapons, I don't think the Eagles have had a group of weapons on offense this deep since maybe 2010 with Michael Vick, LaShawn McCoy, Jeremy Macklin, and Deshaun Jackson and Brent Selleck. They are that deep, talented, and they're all young. It's scary, the potential of this team in 2022 and moving forward. Stay up to date all season on the Philadelphia Eagles by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Eagles podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, is it already time for Malik Willis to drive the Titans offense? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with the NFL season now underway. Sleeper is climbing the charts with over 4 million users and they just launched a slew of new features including their over-unders game integrated right into the fantasy interface. You already use the product for your fantasy league and if you don't, you should. It's the best app out there to manage everything with your league. The built-in chat Feature makes it easy to talk to your your friends, the other competitors in your league and let them know, hey, I'm kicking your butt. And now in the interface, you can play their over-under game. You just pick a players, pick a couple players, pick over or under. That's it. Do you think they're going to go over or under the line sleeper sets? If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is it's right in my fantasy app. I don't have to go anywhere else. I can be checking my team and go, hmm, I like a couple of these. I like my fantasy projections. I like a couple of these. I'm going to go put some money on it with Sleeper. And we've got a listener group at sleeper.com slash lockdown today. Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Go to sleeper.com slash lockdown today and get a $100 match on that first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. 
Mike Evans was suspended one week for fighting Marshawn Lattimore in the Buccaneers' win over the Saints on Sunday. If that sounds familiar, it's because this happened back in 2017. Mike Evans was suspended for a game for getting in a fight with Marshawn Lattimore. Thing is, Lattimore did not receive a suspension, which has drawn the ire of David Harrison at Locked on Bucks. So does Lattimore. And so too does Marcus May, actually. So Marcus May not only helped grab Evans after he shoved Lattimore, but he helped throw Evans to the ground in a manner that Evans didn't have a chance to brace his fault or protect himself from any, any contact with the ground. So now, is this conduct that Mike Evans should be expecting, that he pushes up an opponent and, and you know throws his body against him or whatever, as Ronian quoted in his decision? He should expect that Marcus May is then going to try to wrap him up and suplex him onto the Superdome service without the opportunity to brace his fall or or brace from the impact. I don't think that's a reasonable expectation. If that's just defense of a teammate, right? If that's why Marcus May isn't getting suspended in this whole thing, then what is Evans' actions? After seeing Lattimore shove his hand and arm into the head and neck area of Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette pushed Lattimore, and he pushed him first. I will give you that. Lattimore then retaliated with a hand slash fist slash push forceful contact into the head or neck area of Leonard Fournette. And isn't the head or neck area super off limits in the NFL, Mr. Mr. Runyon and, and the people making these decisions? Apparently to me, the NFL basically needed to do something so the rest of the league, the other players, the other teams watching all this would see it and hopefully be deterred. The first two weeks could not have gone much worse for Nathaniel Hackett and the Denver Broncos. Well, they could be 0-2 instead of 1-1. When you get a guy like Russell Wilson, you figure to be much better at scoring than the Broncos have been. Hackett has a few thoughts on that. Um, when it comes to the operations, you know, that's something that we're talking about quite a bit. You know, there's a lot of things. We got to make sure the communication is clear and concise. Uh, I need to do better at making decisions faster and quicker and getting that information to the quarterback and being on the same page with him. So that's stuff that we're talking about uh, this morning all the way to this evening and making sure that it's, it's, it's got to improve. 49ers quarterback Trey Lance underwent successful surgery to repair two injuries to his right ankle Monday morning. The 49ers quarterback went under the knife to repair a fibula fracture and ligament disruption. All that sounds like it hurts a lot. The rehab process will take some time, and a return this season has been ruled out. But Niners team physician Dr. Tim McAdams said in a statement that he is confident Lance will recover completely in time for a full return to the 2023 season. Cal Shanahan echoed that sentiment. Lance will head to injured reserve this week as veteran Jimmy Garoppolo takes over as San Francisco starter. Rookie Brock Purdy will be the backup. Police in Las Vegas said Monday they're investigating allegations that a fan in the stands struck Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray amid celebration of Arizona's 29-23 overtime win over the Raiders. Murray was high-fiving front row spectators at Allegiant Stadium following Byron Murphy Jr.'s game-ending fumble return on Sunday when a man appeared to reach out and smack Murray in the face with an open hand. Video showed Murray appearing stunned, but not injured, then attempting to identify the alleged hacker in a mostly happy crowd. Let's hope they find this guy and ban him for life. Here is another story you need to know. After what happened against New York teams in the first two weeks to the Tennessee Titans, after blowing a double-digit lead to the New York Giants and then getting blown out 41-7, to 
don't don't mention going to a Broadway musical to Mike Vrabel. Don't mention New York City pizza. Don't mention Buffalo wings. Don't even don't even bring up Billy Joel to him. He's not interested. Joining me now from Locked On Titans, our friend Tyler Rowland and, and Time. This this team looks like it's in a bad way right now. We knew they were going to be doing some some retooling, some reworking of this offense. What is your evaluation of it through two weeks? Well, I think it's the same evaluation that I had going into the season. This team didn't have a high-level playmaker in the passing game, and that's what set them apart. That's what made them special before. Everybody can talk about Derrick Henry and the 2,000 yards and the king. If you listen to Locked On Titans, that you would know that, in my opinion, A.J. Brown was the MVP of the Titans the last few years, and the reason that that offense could survive last year in multiple occasions, the Titans were down bad, whether it be via injuries or Todd Downing's play calling, bringing down the offense. And the only thing that saved them in multiple games was A.J. Brown's heroics. Titans fans tried to put that out of their memory when the trade happened and act like the only thing they remembered was him being injured here and there. But the reality is you're seeing a team who added a major playmaker take that next step in Philadelphia while the Titans are taking a step backwards because they're missing a playmaker like that on offense. And I like rookie wide receiver Traylon Burks, and he was the Titans' biggest bright spot on offense on Monday night. But he's a rookie, and he's simply not ready to fill that kind of role. And when you have Todd Downing and the play calling, bringing the Titans' offense down lower than what their talent is, and then you add in the loss of somebody like A.J. Brown and the lack of talent that's there to replace him, you're kind of seeing the, the product of that with the Titans the last six quarters of football. Another underwhelming performance from Derrick Henry, who is coming off a major foot injury. We've seen him start slow before. 13 carries, 25 yards, does have the touchdown for those of you who have him in fantasy. And by <laughs> right. those of you, I mean me. Uh, Ty, how, how concerned are you about how this run game looks right now? Because this is a team that has relied on Derrick Henry a bunch in his career. Well, I got to tell you, I know that you look at the stats, what was it, 17 yards in the touchdown, which in reality is not a good game at all, regardless of the, you know, nine points that he got you in fantasy with that. But I'm really not ready to blame Derrick Henry. Uh, Derrick Henry didn't play a, a real football game other than that Bengals game for multiple months, close to a year. And he's back now in the Titans blocking up front. Hasn't been great in the run game. Tonight, they lose Taylor Lewan. They have a, a an undrafted free agent guy in Aaron Brewer who's been on the practice squad up on the roster here and there for a couple of years. And then they have Dennis Daly at left tackle. And not only that, the big problem was if you really watch the game, the Titans ran so many toss sweeps to the perimeter that were negative plays. Although Derrick Henry isn't playing his best football, I just think he's not very high on the list of problems when you look at what's really ailing the Tennessee Titans right now. Where is Ryan Tannehill on that list, and how close are you to saying, eh, let's just see what Malik Willis has. He did get into this game against the Bills in a blowout. Right. Well, I think if there are blowouts like this, whether it be bad ones or good ones, then Malik should play, because I think the experience he got on Monday night is incredibly valuable, especially if the Titans do plan to stick with Tannehill. Tannehill. I think with the money he's being paid and the veterans on this team, you owe it to them to stick with Tannehill until the playoffs are mathematically eliminated, in my opinion. But I just don't think that we have to get to that point if the Titans just have some better play calling. Now, I think they need something big to shake up the play calling because 
Ryan Tannehill needs perfection around him to be good enough. He needs a great offensive line. He needs great weapons. And the Titans don't have the offensive line they had in 2020 and 2019. They don't have Corey Davis, John U. Smith, and a decent complement of weapons to go around A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry. They don't have that. So Ryan Tannehill with subpar weapons and a subpar offensive line is going to be very subpar. He's not a guy that lifts the people around him like Deshaun Watson did with terrible offensive lines in Houston and Russell Wilson did with bad offensive lines in Houston. We see it from time to time where I got Lamar Jackson without adequate skill position players at all times in Baltimore. The elite quarterbacks in this league lift up the players around them. Tannehill's not capable of that, and I think the Titans always knew it. And I just don't know if Tannehill's necessarily a problem, but I know he's not the solution. So that that's where we're at right now. Stay up to date all season on the Tennessee Titans by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Titans podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, who is the happiest 2-0 team in the NFL? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. After our Monday night doubleheader, just six undefeated teams remain in the NFL, including two of the teams we saw on Monday night. Join me now to separate the true contenders from the playoff contender, someone who knows a little bit about contending in the postseason, our NFL insider and Super Bowl champion, Isaiah Stanbeck, with me. And Isaiah, as you look at these teams, and, and there are some names that we expected and some names that maybe we didn't, who are the 2-0 teams you are most excited about right now? Well, the 2-0 teams that I'm most excited about are going to be the Buffalo Bills and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. The Buffalo Bills are looking like an unstoppable, I mean, just just force. They're looking like, looking like they need the five rings on their fingers and go ahead <laughs> and be in, in, in a Marvel comic series because these guys are unstoppable at this point in time. Uh, Josh Allen is just throwing his thing around. The, you know, Leslie Frazier's defense is playing lights out. They picked up exactly where they left off, aside from the fact that they picked up somebody man, by the name of Von Miller. So this defense is even better than they were a year ago. I think they learned from that from that early loss um, going into the playoffs last year, and they're out for redemption. And then you go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, everybody's talking about, you know, Tom Brady and, and, and his wife and the issues that he's having off the field. And he missed, you know, 11 days of camp and everything else. But at the end of the day, it's, it's TB12, and it doesn't matter how good he's playing at this moment. It doesn't matter what he dealt with in the offseason. It doesn't matter, um, you know, the all the hurdles he has to overcome in terms of the offensive line and the and the Godwins being heard and saying Mike Evans getting suspended. He is TB12, and as long as he is on the field, you have a chance. And as long as Todd Bowles' defense is on that field and pre- preventing teams from scoring points, they're always in a position to win. So those are my two favorites right now that are 2-0. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are your favorites on Bet Online to go win the Super Bowl. Kansas City Chiefs up there as well. 
Also, the Buffalo Bills point differential, they're plus 55 on the season point differential. Kansas City Chiefs are second at plus 26. So they are twice anyone else right now in point differential. They have put it on two teams that we think could go to the playoffs. Okay, Isaiah, the two no yeah. teams also include teams like the Miami Dolphins, mm. the New York Giants. There, there have been some questions about what's going to happen with Philadelphia in the postseason. They are 2-0 after an impressive win over the Vikings. Is there a 2-0 team you're going, mm, not buying it? <laughs> well, the one that jumps out at me, of course, is the New York Giants. And there's just so too many unknowns with that team. Um, not only do they have a new head coach, and they seemingly are doing well with Brian DeBowell over there with, with the Giants now, but they still have Danny Dimes at their, as their quarterback. Mm. And I think as long as he's their quarterback, there's always going to be question marks. I think you're still holding your breath every time Saquon Barkley gets the ball in his hands because you just don't know if he's going to get hurt. And then his defense hasn't proven themselves to, to be able to stop um, a high-powered offense in the NFC East like the Philadelphia Eagles and possibly the Dallas Cowboys at some point in time once they get things rolling. So I'm still unsure about them. They obviously have a couple wins early that is going to give them opportunity to be 2-0 now going into to play against Dallas at MetLife Stadium this coming week. Uh, they got a chance to go 3-0. We'll see, but I'm not convinced. And then on the other side of things, Miami Dolphins. You know, obviously they have, you know, uh, McDaniels down there as their head coach. And we knew that, they're, that he's going to bring that high-powered offense from San Francisco. They have all the weapons that you can ever imagine offensively on their on, on that side of the ball. They are the fastest team, hands down. You might as well go ahead and, and say they have a bunch of Usain Bolts at the receiver position because Waddle and Tyreek Hill are running circles around guys uh, as coming off of their last game. They had 190 yards, two touchdowns for Tyreek Hill, 171 yards for two touchdowns for Waddle. I mean, these guys are putting points up left and right. They had a big victory over the Baltimore Ravens, and they beat the Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. But – I, again, I'm just not convinced. They're still giving up too many points to be able to duel things out every week like they did against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. I'm not sure that they're going to continue to have that firepower throughout the year. Um, and we'll just see. Is McDaniels going too far into his bag too early? Defensive coordinators start catching on, and eventually Miami's going to have to play some defense. Huge litmus test for the Miami Dolphins coming up. They get the Buffalo Bills at home in week three. We will find out a lot about that team then thanks isaiah stay up to date all season on the nfl by subscribing to locked on sports today and the locked on nfl podcasts on the odyssey app youtube or wherever you get podcasts and finally it never gets old it's always fun that's alex bregman of the houston astros on winning yet another division title the astros have won the al west five times in the last six years I think this ball club expects to be good on a daily basis, he said of his teammates, who put together a 16-4 and record over the last 20 games. They have the best record in the American League and are pretty much a shoe-in for the first round bye. And I know you're wondering, but no, there have been no reports of trash can bangs during any Astros wins this season. Pretty soon, just a lot of trash cans full of beer cans and champagne bottles. That's all coming. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, which 0-2 teams are in the most trouble? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.